Our scripture this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 18th chapter, reading verses 1 through 14. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child whom he put among them and said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks. Occasions for stumbling blocks are bound to come, but woe to the one by whom the stumbling block comes. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown to the hell of fire. Take care that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you in heaven, their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It is so good to be with you this morning. Um, thank you to Phil and to Jeremy and to all of you for this invitation to be with you on this fifth Sunday. Um, we could not do this ministry without you. <clears throat> As Phil said, your prayers and also your gifts. And um, we simply couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much for your support. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. My allergies are not great. Does anybody remember the song by the Carpenters, Rainy Days and Mondays? Remember that? The line in there goes, Rainy Days and Mondays always get me down. If you don't know the song, it's great. Look it up after service. I don't know about you, but during this whole pandemic, I've had a few rainy days, a few Mondays. A few days that um, just got me down. And in very many ways, not just COVID, it's been a difficult time for us. 
I want to share a story with you about one of the young men in our residential program who had a really bad Monday. He had a bad Monday, and he acted out in some ways that were not appropriate, but our staff worked with him and helped him. And then on Tuesday, he wrote this several-page note to the staff that said in part, I'm sorry. I know I can do better. I know I can do better. I know better. I know that I have potential. And then he said these words I don't think I'll ever forget. I have never felt so loved, and it's kind of nice to know that you are loved. Isn't that true? It is kind of nice to know that we are loved. And he knew he was loved at the children's home. He, in fact, um, graduated from our residential program, graduated from high school, went to our independent living program, and um, not too long ago was baptized at one of our local United Methodist churches. It is kind of nice to know that you are loved. Unfortunately, knowing they are loved is not the case for way too many children in Kentucky. I'm a lifelong Kentuckian. I love this state. I love our people. And we love to be number one in many things, right? We're excited about our teams, even when they don't have the best game. We love to be number one. But unfortunately, right now, Kentucky is number one in something we don't want to be number one in. We are the worst state per capita for child abuse and neglect. We're the worst. I know that we are better than that. The number of children in foster care or in care like ours, it's called out of home care by the state. That number rose to over 10,000 during the pandemic. It's back down now to about 9,200, I think. But um, we are so worried about all the kids who, especially when schools were closed, were not seen during the pandemic. And now that they are open, um, like our community-based services has a waiting list of 50 kids referred by schools or referred by the courts that need some extra help, need some extra counseling. Now I'm guessing you may be saying, why are you starting with such awful statistics? You started with the good news of the gospel, but now you're telling us how bad it is. But here's the thing, together we are doing something and we can do even more. There's a young man named Josh Ship that we use in some of our training. He has some great videos. When Josh was young, he went from foster home to foster home, went through some awful abuse and neglect in his life and honed a lot of his survival skills. But then he finally went to live with a family that would not give up on him. He said, my foster father picked me up from a night in jail. And he said, he looked at me and he said, you need to understand, we don't see you as a problem we see you as an opportunity. And from that moment on, my life changed because I was seen as an opportunity. A couple of other quotes that Josh has that I love. He said, every child who winds up doing well has at least one stable and committed relationship with a supportive adult. And the difference between a statistic and a success story is you. It is you. It is me. It is together. We can do something 
I know you're doing many things in your local community to work with children, and together with Methodists from all over the state, we are doing something, and you are a part of it, at Kentucky United Methodist Children's Homes. We've been doing it since 1871, when after the Civil War, Methodists said, we need to care for all these orphan children. And we're so excited that this year, we celebrate 150 years of ministry. And because of the pandemic, we're gonna celebrate into 2022 also. Our mission is to serve Christ by providing for the physical, emotional, educational, and spiritual needs of children and families. And in 2020, during a pandemic, we served 889 children, youth, and families throughout all of our services. While we began as an orphanage, we now serve children from around the state in many ways. Offering residential care for abused and neglected children who have been removed from their homes by the state is what we still do at our new campus in Nicholasville and at our Mary Kendall campus in Owensboro. On average, the 12 to 17 year olds who come to live with us there, on average, they've been in 20 different placements by the time they come into our care. Now, something important to know is that while the state does give us a stipend for their daily care, it does not come close, doesn't come close to covering how we wanna care for them, like we do our own children. Of course, we have staff there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have an on-site nurse on both of our campuses, which has been really helpful during COVID. We have an on-site school in Nicholasville, in Owensboro, they go to community schools. We have a gym at both sites, and we do fun things with them. I don't usually have my fingernails, I told the Sunday school class today, painted like candy corn, but I did this um, because the kids trick-or-treated through um, our office building yesterday, uh, Friday. And we all dressed up and we all had special candy that we gave because our staff really love our kids. We want our children to have the best at the children's home, just like we want for all the children in our life. But we do more than just our residential care. My husband and I have two young adult children in their 20s and while they are mostly independent, they still need their mom and dad from time to time, and not just for our checkbook, although that occasionally comes up. They need support on how to navigate the world. And so we do the same thing for kids who have aged out of foster care or aged out of um, our residential care. It's called independent living, and it's for 18 to 21 year olds who need that extra help. So we give them help with budgeting, with transportation, how to get into school if they're interested in school beyond high school, how to get a job, how to keep a job. Did you know that when you get a job, they expect you to be there every day? And they expect you to be on time. Those are things we teach, things that my parents taught me, things that we taught our children at home. So we work with them, we provide counseling, anything that they might need to live on their own. I'm gonna tell you a glory sighting about these programs. Um, Claudia, I can use her name because she appeared on one of our children's voice magazines and is an adult now and gave her permission. She came to live with us and had some issues going on with her family. 
but we were able to work with her. Um, she provided counseling. She got in a school and was able to graduate from high school with us. She moved to our independent living where she was working two jobs and decided that maybe going to college was a good thing. She took her ACT research colleges, got into university, one of our universities here in Kentucky. Here's the thing, folks, she's in her junior year now. And I just actually saw a pastor at a district picnic the other day and said, hey, you know, one of your kids, um, one of the residents who used to be in your children's home is coming to church now and asked to be baptized. I, I said, really, who? And it was Claudia. He said, she came up to me and said, I'm ready to be baptized. He said, well, let's talk about it. She said, well, I've been watching you online for over a year. And she was baptized and is now participating in that church as she finishes her degree. What a difference you made in her life. We, you, also provide other services. We have our community-based services, so we provide counseling in several counties around Nicholasville and Owensboro. We want nothing better than to keep families together to reduce the need for foster care and residential care. And this is one of our growing programs. I wanna share one of the stories with you. We were recently working, um, our staff was with a young man and they realized that he was being raised by his grandmother, but they were living in extended family home. And they realized there was a lot of neglect and some possibly abuse going on, not by the grandmother, but by extended family members. But the grandmother was paying most of the bills. So they decided probably what they needed was to get the grandmother and grandson to a place of their own which the grand, they both agreed with and were excited about. So our staff worked with one of our community partners um, that provides housing for our independent living and we were able to get them into their own apartment, find somebody to um, donate some furniture, pay the first month's rent. And then our facility staff, because they are all mission-minded, um, they all said, we will help you move. And they physically helped this grandmother and grandson move their items to their new home, and our staff even took them a housewarming gift. What a difference you have made in their life. In addition, we offer adoption services out of our Mary Kendall campus in Owensboro. Something I didn't know until I got to the children's home that we do is we work with the Department of Juvenile Justice with kids who've gotten in a bit of trouble with the law and are on home detention and we provide a case manager who checks in with them every day to make sure they're where they need to be. We do that in 108 counties in this state. In fact, we serve kids from all 120 counties. There are various ministries. You serve them. You are a part of making a difference in their lives. If you recall the scripture I read earlier, in this scripture, we hear Jesus being serious. In the 18th chapter of Matthew, we hear him being serious about taking care of children who are vulnerable during his time and vulnerable during our time as well. As one commentator I read said, Jesus doesn't mince words. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child whom he put among them and said, 
Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never inherit the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And if any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. Yeah, Jesus is pretty serious here, isn't he? Three times in this whole passage, he reminds us of these little ones. And isn't it interesting that an exchange that started with the disciples asking, who's the greatest, maybe thinking he would answer one of them, turned and Jesus said, to be the greatest, you need to be humble like this child. You are following the words of Jesus by caring for these little ones. My first year, I was in my office, and I was working on our financials, and honestly, I was getting a little stressed. As I said, this, the state never gives us enough for their care. And as I was getting stressed, I thought, okay, Julie, just go take a walk. And I walked, um, I was on our Nicholasville campus, and I walked over to our dining hall. And I sat in the back of the dining hall, and there was a staff meeting going on. And here's what I saw. They were talking about one young lady. A young lady I knew who had had a hard night the night before. And they were all talking about this one young lady. And as they went around the circle to talk about her, one person said, I've noticed when she is able to journal, she will calm down. So if she's having a hard time, Go ask her to get her journal out and just do some writing. And another said, I've, I've noticed that at night she has a harder time, so let's give her a little bit of extra attention when the sun goes down. And they just went on and on around this circle, all talking about this one young lady. You know how you can read scripture over and over, maybe your whole life, and then something happens and you go, that's what it meant. I physically, honestly, at that point, felt like Jesus or God had a two-by-four to my head going, Julie, this is what I meant when I said I'm going to go after the one. You were worried about the financials, and here's your staff living the gospel. By going after the one, this one young lady whose family had neglected her, possibly abused her, this one young lady whose society had said was maybe not that important. But your staff were living the gospel, caring for her. We'd love for you to hear even more about our children's home. Um, if you haven't been to our campus, our new Nicholasville campus, or even our Mary Kendall campus in Owensboro, we'd love to have you come visit. Phil's even talking about maybe doing a group trip there, a church trip. If you don't get our Children's Voice magazine, it's a quarterly magazine, you can pick one up at the table or even take this form and sign up and leave it for me and we'll put you on the mailing list. We would love for you to know even more. Um, and again, we could not do this without everything that you give us. Um, we're also finishing our capital campaign. If anybody's interested in naming um, possibly a room or something at our new Nicholasville campus, be happy to talk to you about that. 
I'm going to share um, two stories with you as I end. My first summer, which was the summer without the pandemic, um, when I was there, they took the kids from Mary um, from Nicholasville campus, the girls from Nicholasville campus, over to the um, library in Nicholasville for a program for teenagers. And after the program, the library staff was serving lunch for the kids. And the staff said um, a woman who was definitely in need, possibly homeless, had walked into the library and saw the food. And she said to the library staff, can I have some food? And the library staff said, no, no, we're sorry. That food is only for the children, only for the youth. And so here's what your kids did. They overheard this. They saw this woman. They all took something off their own plate, and they made a plate for this woman. I would venture to guess that every child who did that, because of their circumstances as they were growing up, knew what it was like to not have a meal or to be hungry. But they knew they were safe, that when they got back to campus, that Mr. Fred would have a hot meal for them, that there would be more than enough to eat and snacks even. And they'd been taught about God and God's love, and they knew that one of the ways to share that was to share food. And so that's what they did. Do you remember the girl that I mentioned earlier in the story about Jesus remembering the one? She's the one who'd had a hard night. She came to me, she was on our Nicholasville campus when I first got there, um, and kids are usually in our residential care nine to 12 months. I can tell you that's been stretched a lot during the pandemic. And um, she came to me when she was getting ready to leave. It was at our Christmas party for the kids. She said, Miss Julie, have you heard I'm leaving? And I said, I've heard that you were leaving. She was going to live with an extended family member in another state. I said, know that you are loved, know that you are prayed for, and know that you will be missed. And she said, I know that I'm loved, and I know that there are people praying for me, which is really amazing, because when she first got to us, she wanted nothing to do with God. And then she looked at me with this mischievous grin, which she had, and she said, I think I will be missed, because I'm kind of a favorite around here. Isn't that what we want for all the children in our lives? To know that they are a favorite, that they are our favorite, that they are God's favorite, that they are loved. For 150 years, Methodists have cared for the least of these, the little ones that Jesus reminded the disciples and us of today. Thank you for your continued support as we live our mission to serve Christ by providing for the physical, emotional, educational, and spiritual needs of children and families. Thanks be to God. Amen.